0: Galatians chapter 4, we're still under the series, hallelujah, called Untaken, Untaken. That's an 18th century English word, you're going to find it in the King James, Untaken. And we're talking about removing the veil of religion, removing the veil of religion, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Galatians chapter 4, I believe I'm going to begin at verse 21, verse number 21. I believe it's 21, hallelujah. Amen. Galatians 4 and 21. When you have it, shout amen. All right, let's read in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says it so. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Galatia. And before I read the text, let me just let you know that the church of Galatia has been infiltrated by uh, Jewish converts that want to impose uh, some of their law or religion that they held previously into the new covenant. And Paul is striving with this church, Hallelujah! And he gives them an, an Old Testament allegory because they are law men; they understand the law. So, God, so Paul says, "All right, I'm going to use the law to give you an illustration uh, of the new covenant." Amen. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by the bondwoman, the other by the free woman. Talking about Hagar and Sarah. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. Talking about Ishmael. But he of the free woman was by promise. Talking about Isaac. Which things are an allegory. Listen to that. Which things are an allegory for these are the two covenants. So he's explaining to them all of this to show them an allegory of the two covenants. One being the old covenant. The other one being the... The new covenant. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar, talking about the law that Moses received on the mountain. For this, Hagar is Mount Sinai of Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children, talking about the present Jerusalem. But Jerusalem, which is above, talking about the heavenly Jerusalem, is free which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath more children than she which hath a husband. Now we brethren, as Isaac, now we brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. Talking about us, saints. Now we are the children of the promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh, talking about Ishmael, persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Listen to this: cast out the bond woman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Leave that up there. Leave that up there. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, what saith the scriptures, cast out the bondwoman, And that's what I want to talk to you for a little while. I want to talk to you under the subject, hallelujah, cast it out. Cast it out. And when I talk about cast it out, I'm really talking about hallelujah. You could, you, when you think about the term cast it out, you're talking about some devil. And I am talking about a devil and it's called the spirit of religion. Amen, somebody. And the challenge here posed by the apostle Paul is to cast it out. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word, and we ask you now to add blessing to it. As I hide behind the cross, Lord God, use me as the pen of a ready writer. Lord God, speak in the hearts of your people a right now word. Minister, teach today. Revelatory knowledge in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen hallelujah we've learned a lot so far hallelujah i really do not have the time to recap but you know that our premise is really based on second corinthians chapter three the whole chapter where we got the whole concept untaken because the bible says that even until today those that read the old covenant read it with a veil and they can't see christ hallelujah correctly Because of that veil and the challenge of the Apostle Paul was we are no longer like Moses Amen, but it's hard to fix your eyes on Jesus when you're still focused on Moses. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that was the premise hallelujah. We've learned a lot of things I'm just gonna throw some things at you very quickly hallelujah. The old was established in Exodus uh, on, on a mountain hallelujah, and the new was also established hallelujah on a mountain but it was during the crucifixion amen somebody the mediator of the old was Moses and the mediator of the new is Jesus the old covenant watch this was ratified by the blood of animals and the new covenant is ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ amen somebody the initiation of the old covenant was circumcision it was a circumcision of the flesh The initiation of the new covenant is a circumcision of the heart. It really is the conversion of the heart that it's talking about. It's talking about a change that happens not outside, but a change that happens inside. I'm going to try to teach today. Is that all right? Watch this. Hallelujah. The priesthood of the old covenant was Aaron and his sons. The priesthood of the new covenant, watch this, is Jesus as high priest and we, the believers, the church. That's right, according to the New Testament, you are the royal priesthood. Amen, somebody. The holy place where God could be worshipped, according to the Old Covenant, hallelujah, was that Old Testament tabernacle of Moses, or it was the temple of Solomon. But according to the New Covenant, it is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is your body. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. The old consists of 10 commandments. The new consists of two. I said the old consists of 10 commandments. The new consists of two. Jesus narrowed or summarized the 10 commandments in these two. He said, love God, love your neighbor. If you can do that, you have fulfilled the law. Amen, somebody. I'm often reminded of that because when I think about my two hands, hallelujah, I got 10 fingers, right? Uh, five on each wrist hallelujah they're ten but they're being held by two are you hearing what I'm saying hallelujah you think about the ten commandments hallelujah the first half of the commandments are commandments concerning you and God the second half are commandments concerning you and man love God love man sums it up amen somebody hallelujah the old was a shadow of good things to come hallelujah hallelujah but the new is the reality of that shadow, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's a shadow, there's a reality. Amen, somebody. And the law was a shadow upon which Jesus was the reality. In the Old Testament, you had contact to God through priest. In the New Testament, hallelujah, you can come boldly into the throne of grace. Why? Because in Christ, the veil is removed. Amen, hallelujah, and that's what we've been learning uh, in this place, hallelujah. And so, watch this. When I think about put put uh, Galatians four thirty back on there for me one more time, because I want to drive this home, hallelujah. And I pray that you got ears to hear today, hallelujah. Because while my points are very simple, my message might not be. Amen. Nevertheless, what sayeth the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, and the son of the bondwoman, the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir. Listen to that, hallelujah. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. They cannot both live in the same house. There is not going to be any sharing of inheritance between the two. Don't make the mistake to assume that you need to keep the two together. Because as long as you keep the two together, hallelujah, you can't tap into your inheritance. Oh boy. And it's a, and it's a big part, I believe, with what's happening to the church today as it pertains to our inheritance and miracles, signs, and wonders. Are you in this place? And so I want to drive this first point, hallelujah, it's very simple, but I want to drive it. Put it on the, on the screen very quickly. Mixture hinders manifestation. Mixture hinders manifestation. Hallelujah. See the problem, listen, in life you're going to find, hallelujah, that there are a lot of areas where uh, balance is required. If you were here on Sunday, we talked a little bit about, about that. When we talked a little bit about being flexible and stretching, hallelujah. There will be times in your life when things get rough that you don't, you don't need to be rigid, but you need to be a little bit flexible. Why? So that you can maintain balance. So there will be a lot of areas in your life. I'll give you another one. Uh, fruits of the Spirit versus uh, fruits, uh, you know, just fruits in general, hallelujah. So, uh, so you can't just have gifts. Gifts of the Spirit versus fruits of the Spirit. You have to have a balance, amen? Uh, if, you, if you're all gifts and no fruits, hallelujah, you might be uh, lacking in the area of your character, amen? And so there, there is this requirement for there to be a balance. But when it comes to this right here, mixture is not good. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place so far? And so what happens is that people either take one of two positions or they try to mix the both are you following me so you got one position which I refer to as legalism and legalism much this disposition sees everything in terms of laws to be obeyed amen so some people assume automatically watch this that now Jesus has come Jesus is the perfect example Of the law, watch this. So uh, instead of hallelujah, there being a a freeing, there is an intensity. In in other words, hallelujah, it has been intensified. And so now, Jesus being our model, hallelujah, we ought to keep the law all the more. And now He's given us the Holy Spirit, and with the power of the Holy Spirit, we should be able to keep the whole law. But I'm going to submit to you that that's not what this text is saying. That's not what the Bible uh, is teaching us. And if we're not careful, inevitably that will lead to to legalism are you in this place because at the end of the day the focus will still be on the law and not Christ amen somebody and then there's this other I call extreme amen or position and it is uh one is legalism the other one is license some of us take up this other position which I refer to as license where where because we believe that we're under grace That means, therefore, that the law has been destroyed. And so watch this. Uh, So grace means that I can do whatever I want. That's what I mean by the term license. And we'll use scriptures in the Bible like uh, where sin does abound, grace does that much more abound. And so we stop right there without reading the rest of the text and automatically assume, all right. I'm so free. I'm free enough to do anything I want. And that's another extreme are you hearing what I'm saying and if you ever read your Bible very carefully hallelujah as a matter of fact I'm gonna show you some scripture today show me Romans chapter 3 and verse 8 Romans chapter 3 and verse 8 I want to submit to you that Paul strongly rejected that hallelujah many refer to it and help me as I try to pronounce this amen they call it anti-namianism and basically what it is is a sense of lawlessness And so that extreme hallelujah basically says if there is no law, people will live in lawlessness. Amen, somebody. But listen to Paul. Paul said, and not rather as we be slanderous reported as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come. whose damnation is just in other words Paul is saying here listen don't make this mistake hallelujah just because watch this grace does that much more abound does that mean that we shall continue in sin he said heaven forbid heaven forbid and I think that if we continue in it it's just my personal opinion heaven will forbid it amen hallelujah so and listen so he says because some are saying so if that's the case let us do evil So that good will come out of it because grace does abound. Hallelujah. And and Paul is saying, no, that's not the way it is. Show me, show me same chapter, verse 27. Same chapter, verse 27. Hallelujah. Listen to what he says here. So where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. Listen to what he's saying there, hallelujah. See, as long as it's about what you do, if you have something to do with your salvation, hallelujah, then you can boast about it. You can say, I had something to do with it. I had a part in that, hallelujah. But watch what it says. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. Why is it excluded? It's excluded, hallelujah, in faith. Because when we're talking about faith, we're talking about putting our trust in what? he did not what we did not anything we do but what he did and when we put our trust in what he did boasting is excluded are you hearing what I'm saying you can't take credit for any of it hallelujah but by the law of faith next verse therefore we conclude that a man is justified by what saints by faith without the deeds of the law I don't know how much clearer the bible needs to put it hallelujah but that is clear as day next verse is he the God of the Jews only is he not also the God of the Gentiles yes of the Gentiles also somebody ought to want to praise him right there because that's us next verse seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith next verse do we then make void the law through faith God forbid Yea, we establish the law and so watch this you see this picture of two extremes one is legalism one is license but at the end of the day hallelujah What really has happened, hallelujah, in my, in my, because if I try to find the word for it, the only word I can think of is the word transformation. When I think about the law, hallelujah, watch this, if the law is not destroyed, Jesus himself said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. In other words, Jesus is the end of the law. And so when Jesus came, a transformation took place. Are you in this place, church? It's not, hallelujah, that one was intensified or the other position was destroyed. Amen. And if you ever had a chance to read Romans 6 and 7, you will see how these two chapters begin to explain, hallelujah, that the grace of God, hallelujah, is somewhat of a transformation that took place. I like to look at it like this. When Jesus, in Matthew 17, hallelujah, took three of his disciples up on a mountain called Transfiguration, amen, he gets up to the top of that mountain and he transfigures. You remember that story, right? He he unzips himself and shows them uh, his glory. And when you study that out, you'll find that there were two people up there also. There was Moses, who represents the law, and there was Elijah as well, hallelujah, who represents the prophets. And all of a sudden, you have the law and the prophets having a conversation with Jesus, amen. And it is a picture of the old, amen, being fulfilled by the new. That's why when that whole illustration is over, hallelujah, the only one left is Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying in here? God have mercy in this place, hallelujah. Watch this. I want to submit to you that by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law. So that we can serve in a new way. Not by the letter, but according to the Spirit that's what we studied in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. For we remember reading that the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Are you with me so far in here? Thank you, Jesus. Can I show you something in the scriptures? Amen. This is one of my favorite scriptures right here. Uh, Romans 6, 14. Romans 6:14. Hallelujah, Jesus. I got to go quick, saints. Romans 6:14. Listen to what it says. Hallelujah. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now, you've heard me use this scripture before, but listen to it. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law. So, under the law, sin has dominion over you. It's pretty clear. Sin gets its power from the law. And as long as you are under the law, sin will have dominion over you. But sin no longer has dominion over you for you are no longer under the law but under grace amen somebody let me show you an illustration uh show me Romans 7 in verse 1 hallelujah now this is somewhat of a metaphor or an allegory hallelujah again uh the apostle Paul is talking to lawmen and he's using their own law to minister to them amen It's like when the Bible says, to them who are of the law, I became as one who has the law. Watch what he says here. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. How that the law have dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called what? an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Next verse: Wherefore, my brethren, ye also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married what, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised. From the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Woo! Did you catch that right there, hallelujah? If you died, hallelujah, to sin, then you are no longer bound by the law. Are you following what I'm saying, hallelujah? And so watch this again, just to reiterate my point on mixture, hallelujah. You can't. What that text is saying is you can't be married to two men. Are you following what I'm saying? And right here, the inference is one is Moses, one is Jesus. When you look in Galatians chapter 4, hallelujah, it's Ishmael and Isaac. Both of them cannot be living in the same house. One has to go. Are you in this place, church? Hmm. And so watch this, according to what we just read, if you try to marry the two, you will be committing acts of adultery from a spiritual perspective. One of them has to go. It's quiet in here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Show me verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law. That being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. We are free. I got one glory, hallelujah, Jesus. This is elaborated in Second Corinthians chapter 3, which we studied previously when Paul contrasts the two administrations, hallelujah, and calls one the letter that killeth, amen, and the other one the spirit that gives life, amen. So watch this, so under the new covenant, the Christians serve in a new way. According to the Bible, uh, a way that has better promises. Amen, somebody? Hallelujah. Let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. How many of you remember the wedding at Cana? Familiar with the wedding at Cana, hallelujah, some people read this text and they don't get nothing out of it except that Jesus, hallelujah, was at a wedding and he turned uh, water to wine. But can I submit to you that it's much deeper than that. If you ever study out this story, hallelujah, for those of you who like to study, there's a lot of significance in this particular story. The fact that they ran out of wine is talking about the old wine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The very fact that they ran out of wine, hallelujah, is an illustration of them running out of the old. Amen. And watch who's present, hallelujah, because it's when Jesus comes that the old is done away with. Are you with me in this place? Hallelujah. So Jesus ends up in the place and they they came to him and they said, uh, Mary came to him and said, listen, do something. And you know the whole story. He said, it's not my time, hallelujah. But she said to the, to, the, to the men that were with him, whatever he says to do, do it. Amen. And so what does he do? This is what he says. He says, grab the water pots. Grab the water pots. What many of you probably do not know about this particular story is that there weren't just any kind of water pots, they were significant. They were the water pots that were used for the cleansing of the hands. They were the ceremonial water pots that were set aside, hallelujah, for them to clean their hands every so often, hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? And, and just so that you know, it wasn't just, the Bible's very clear letting us know how many water pots because even that's significant. It didn't just say there were three water pots or four water pots, it says there were six water pots. Six being the number of man. So, so, so listen to what the text is already saying, hallelujah. Jesus is saying, hallelujah, you've run out of the old. Watch this. And there isn't anything man can do in his own power to cleanse himself. Are you with me in here? And so Jesus says, hallelujah, fill those water pots. And then all of a sudden, hallelujah, you know how the rest of the story goes. That as they filled the water pots, he told them, go take to to the host of the party. And as they went somewhere between pouring and taking it to the host, it was transformed. And then the host drank it and said, man, usually we drink the good wine first. And then when everybody's feeling some kind of way, we give them the bad stuff. But, they, but, the, but the, the host said, but you have saved the best for last. And, and somebody in here ought to want to praise God for being alive in this day. Because you are living in the day of the best wine. You are living in the day, hallelujah, God help me, of the new covenant, hallelujah. You are a part of this covenant, hallelujah. And God is doing something very powerful in these last days. Are you blessed in here so far? Hallelujah. It has ended because the Old Covenant was a temporary system designed to act as a guardian for the nation of Israel until the Messiah came. Amen. Remember when we taught a little bit, hallelujah, on the schoolmaster or the tutor? When the Bible says the law was my schoolmaster. If you know anything about a schoolmaster, it's not a teacher. He's kind of the person that drives the bus and takes you to the teacher. That's what the law was. The law was the bus driver that took you to the teacher. Amen. We use the example of a tutor. A tutor comes into your life, not forever. A tutor comes into your life for a little while. If you're struggling in an area, let's just say in, in, in my case, mathematics. He comes into my life for a season to help me, hallelujah, gain the knowledge I need on mathematics so that I can hold my own. Once I get to a certain place, he is moved out of the way. That was the law. It was a guardian. It was a tutor. It was a temporary system that was designed to bring you to Jesus stay with me hallelujah you guys doing all right right so far yeah. thank you Lord hallelujah humanity's relationship to God is no longer regulated by written law code on tablets of stone or in a book as it was for ancient Israel it is now based on faith in Jesus Christ show me Galatians chapter Uh, 3 verse 22. 3 verse 22. Hallelujah. I believe it's 3. But the scripture hath concluded all on the sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Next verse. But before faith came. Listen to this. But before faith came. We were kept, remember I told you it was a guardian. We were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Next verse. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified, not by the law, but by faith. Next verse. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster no longer under a tutor no longer under that guardian are you in this place church somebody needs to thank God faith came I said somebody needs to thank God faith came hallelujah watch this put my second point up there very quickly the arrival of the new brought forth the dismissal of the old The arrival of the new brought forth the dismissal of the old. Ishmael is okay in the house. I ain't lost. Stay with me. Ishmael is okay in the house until Isaac comes. When Isaac comes, hallelujah, Ishmael has to go. And this is why the text is very clear in Galatians chapter 4 where, watch this. I don't know if you know the story in Genesis. It's actually, the apostle Paul is actually preaching from Genesis in Galatians chapter 4 it's Genesis 21 to be exact you check it on your own time hallelujah where where God where where Sarah tells Abraham she gotta go and the boy gotta go too and Abraham don't like it and Abraham don't want to do it because it's hard to let go of something you have invested in I said it's hard to let go of something you have invested in And Sarah didn't have no investment in it, but Abraham did. And so Abraham didn't want to let it go. And you've heard me say it time and time again. It's hard. One of the hardest things to get rid of is the first things you were taught. Because you've been invested in it. Hallelujah. And you could be rooted and grounded in a wrong thing. And you could be so rooted and grounded on something that is incorrect that somebody could show you the right way. Even through the scriptures. And you still won't move. Because roots are hard to pull. They're hard to pull, but I got my gloves on today. And I came to pull some, hallelujah. Are you blessed in this place? Hallelujah. Watch this. In what way is our relationship to the old covenant, hallelujah, law transformed through faith in Jesus Christ? In what way is our relationship to to the old covenant law transformed through faith in Jesus Christ? Show me Romans 10, verse number 4. Got a lot of scripture for you today. Romans 10 and 4. Romans 10 and 4. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10. For Christ is, listen to this, Hallelujah. For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to every one that believe. For Christ is the end of the law. When Christ came, the law ends. Oh, God, have mercy here. Uh, you don't believe it. Let me show you. So can I show you? Can I get a little Greek-y on today? Hallelujah. Watch this. That word end, that word end in the Greek is this. I'm going to give you five different definitions. Number one, termination. For Christ is the termination of the law. Let me give you another one. Cessation. For Christ is the cessation of the law. Let me give you one of my favorite ones. Watch this. Goal. For Christ is the goal of the law. God have mercy in here. The whole goal of the law was to bring you to Jesus. Amen, somebody. Watch this. Here's another one. Culmination. For Christ is the culmination of the law. And I left this one for last because this is probably the one that best fits, hallelujah, with most of our understanding. And it is the word fulfillment. For Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Christ fulfilled the law. Every righteous requirement that the law required, he fulfilled it. With every prophecy in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ completed it all. He brought the law to completion by perfectly obeying its demands and by fulfilling its types and prophecies. Amen, somebody. And so if he's the end of the law, then the law and Christ can be in the same house. This is what I'm trying to drive home. If Ishmael represents the law, Sinai, come on, somebody, uh, the bondwoman it's a ministration of death that enslaves and condemns. It cannot be in the same house with the free woman who is Sarah, hallelujah, which came by promise and is by faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm. I feel like preaching. I'm trying to teach though. Hallelujah. But, I, you know, if you're not careful, hallelujah, I'll preach right over you. But I got something for the scholars in here. Amen. How many of you are familiar with the story of the woman with the issue of blood? See, you think that's just a simple story. But I'm going to tell you, there's so much depth in that story right there. And not only the woman with the issue of blood, because watch this. When Jesus is walking and is interrupted by this woman, he's on his way to another woman's house, a little girl. Uh, Jarius's daughter. Amen, somebody. So we're talking about two, two women, one younger, one older. Hmm one younger one older and i'm going to submit to you hallelujah and i'm going to need you to hear me in the spirit right now that the reason the younger is sick and the reason the younger can't really get up and the reason the younger can't really live is because we haven't dealt first with the issue of the older Hmm. you see because these two women are pictures of two churches the old testament church and the new testament church Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. And the issue, watch this, with the older is an issue of blood. Hmm. And if you know that scripture like I do, you know that she tries everything in her own power, in her own strength to stop the issue, but she cannot. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can I get a little deeper? Hallelujah. The fact that she's, watch this, that she's had the issues for 12 years, hallelujah, can easily be symbolic, hallelujah, of the 12 tribes of Israel. And the fact that the little girl is 12 years old can easily be symbolic of the foundational apostles of the New Testament. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking to people who like to study now. Hallelujah. And so watch this. Uh, The issue is an issue of blood because according to the Old Testament, the blood has to keep flowing. And there constantly has to be a continual shedding of blood, hallelujah. And listen, because the, 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 the slaying of animals or the bloodshed of animals can only cover sin for a season. But then there has to be more bloodshed and then more bloodshed. And that's why the flow does not stop until she gets to Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Hallelujah. And so Jesus is the end of the law, the end of the issue. Once she comes to Jesus, the blood stops, hallelujah, because he is the final sacrifice. And after Jesus sheds his blood, there no longer needs to be a shedding of blood, hallelujah. I long to ask my Jewish brothers, hallelujah, how do you atone for sin today, hallelujah, if you no longer kill animals today? Because Jesus already paid the price and he paid it in full. Y'all don't want to praise him for that right there. The Bible says he entered in once and for all. Are you blessed in here church? And so the young girl can't live until we deal with the issue of the old. When we deal with the issue of the old, then the young one can live. And this is what I mean by you can't have them both in the same house. One of them has to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh God, hallelujah. Hey. And the problem with us, hallelujah, is that we feel like we need, we need to preach both. We need to preach both. And you're incorrect. Amen? Are you in this place, church? The fulfillment of Jesus Christ transcends the law. I said it transcends the law. Hallelujah. Hmm. The law no longer exists in the form of a written code apart from Jesus. Amen? He is greater than the law. I'm going to say that one more time because it just felt good to say it. He is greater than the law. Oh, God. When they tried to complain to him about the Sabbath, he said, I am the Lord. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I didn't make the Sabbath for me. I made it for you. You need rest. I don't sleep. Nor slumber. Are you in this place church? I got to stay on my notes. Because I'm about to go on a rabbit trail. Hallelujah. He is greater than the law. Fulfilling the law. Is, it happens through trusting him. Rather than obeying some. External written code. Amen, somebody? Mm. In other words, our, our spiritual connection with God is based on a personal relationship with Christ. Not the obedience of an impersonal list of rules. Living faith can be, watch this, to Jesus Christ only because salvation came through him. I said salvation came through, you couldn't save yourself. No matter how hard you try. Like that woman with the issue, you could not do nothing. I said, you could not. Oh, God, help me. Let me give you another illustration. There's a story in the Bible, I believe is in Luke, hallelujah, where there's a woman who is in the synagogue. Now, this is what you need to catch. She's in the synagogue. Check it out for yourself. She's in the synagogue, and the Bible says that her back is bent over. Bent over 18 years. 18 years her back is bent over. Hmm. And the Bible says this, she could not lift herself up. She could not lift herself up, watch this, until Jesus comes in the temple. And to make a long story short, when Jesus comes in the temple, sees her, hallelujah, he tells her to come to him because he is the end of that curse. Help me in here. She comes to him, hallelujah, and he says, woman, thou art loosed from thou infirmity. And here's what you need to catch out of that, hallelujah. 18 years. Ain't no coincidence why the Bible says 18 years. Separate 18, hallelujah, in threes and you got what? Six, six, six. Now, let me help you in here because the Bible is clear that her infirmity came by way of Satan clear it was satanic amen and she's in the synagogue where the religious people are and she can't get free can I help you in here your adversary the devil is very cunning and in an attempt to keep you bound he will use whatever he could and so watch this you think that satan doesn't know where sin gets his strength from according to 1 corinthians 15 and 56 the bible says that the strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. What happens to most of us, hallelujah, is that we see people in a fault or we see people in sin and we think they need more law. Y'all not saying nothing to me, hallelujah. And so we see somebody messing up and be like, oh, I know what they need. They need a, a few more I don'ts or a few more no you can'ts. And so they want to they stretch the list Invent more practices, hallelujah, and never let you acquire the principles that you need to operate on the other side of the veil where the glory is. Have you been with me so far this last couple of weeks? And so, and so watch this. Instead of preaching hallelujah grace, we preach the law. And all we do, watch this, because sin gets its strength from the law, is reinforce the law. By telling people, you can't do this, you can't wear this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do it, you can't wear sneakers, you can't, can't put on makeup, you can't, can't comb your hair, can't shave, can't wear a watch, can't wear jewelry, can't, and I, the list just goes on, saints. And you think that by putting more burdens, this is why she's bent over, because the law is burdensome and she cannot pick herself up nor will she ever be able to pick herself up but Jesus is the end of that law are you in this place church Hmm. but listen saints people will argue watch this that if you take away the law people will live loose If there is no law, there'll be nothing but lawlessness. And you know, and we watch these crazy movies out there like The Purge and we believe it. You're not saying nothing. But if the law, watch this now. If the law is destroyed and doesn't take you nowhere, then yes, there will be lawlessness. But God didn't leave it that way. The law was meant to bring you to Jesus. Oh God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? So they get nervous because they say to themselves, What would happen if the law should be taken away? Clearly, lawlessness and immorality would increase. That's what the legalizers would argue. But Paul replies, in essence, this is not true. This is not true. It is not true because Christianity does not lead the believer away from the law into nothingness. It leads him to Jesus Christ who is the person of the Holy Spirit or comes as the person of the Holy Spirit to dwell within a person and furnishes within them a new nature that causes a change to happen from the inside out, which is real change. Any change other than that change from the outside in is simply a cover-up of your reality. Come on, somebody. The change has to be internal. It is from within rather than without. That's where the Holy Ghost produces his fruits. You know his fruits, right? I don't have time to go to it, but it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, and 23. And the Bible goes on to say, against such there is no law. Well, oh, I'm preaching better than you saying, Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, you who hand clapped in the back. Hallelujah. Just one. It was it was faint, but I heard it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Life in the spirit is free. Hallelujah. It's free. It's not legalism and it's not license. It is freedom, though. It's a freedom to serve God. Fully, unencumbered, hallelujah, by the shackles of sin or regulations. Are you in this place, church? Hallelujah. Let me give you my final point. <clears throat> oh, boy. Watch out for false brothers. And when I say false brothers, I mean sisters, too. Just in case, hallelujah, the women like, okay, I'm excluded from that. <laughs> no, no, watch out with false brothers before I even get into that let me just give you Paul's conclusion concerning law it's found in Romans 13 8 verses 8 through 10 I'm almost there saints I got a couple minutes left I think I'm gonna do it Romans 13 8 owe no man anything in other words you should have no debt to your account owe no man anything this is why Ishmael has to go As long as he stays, you will owe. Because if you want to live by the law, you have to keep the whole law. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. What a powerful verse. Love does not do any harm to its neighbor. Are you in this place, church? For Paul, the Christian's obligation was to love, love, love. Everything else was secondary. Are you hearing what? That was the matter. You know, the Bible says, hallelujah, that when when Jesus said he didn't uh, come to destroy the law, But to fulfill it later somewhere else, the Bible says that now it's written on men's hearts. In other words, it's it's love generated. It's people oriented. Hallelujah. Not task oriented. It's people oriented. God help me in here. It's not just commandments. It's compassion. Are you in this place, church? God have mercy. In this place, the Bible says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Oh, God. Never underestimate the power of love. That might not sound like a tough word, but here's what the Bible says love never fails. God, hallelujah. In Galatians 5, the people that wanted to make the new converts submit to circumcision were not being motivated by love. I said they were not being motivated by love. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place, church? And that's why the apostle Paul, on one occasion, let me just show you Galatians 2 and 4. I got to show you. Galatians 2 and 4. Hallelujah. I got them working in the bag today. Watch this. And that because of false brethren, watch out with false brothers. And because of false brethren, unawares, listen to this, unawares brought in who came in to privily to spy out our liberty. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That the enemy, watch this, will use religion. Y'all don't believe me. But the enemy will use religion. Watch this. And send false brethren. Unawares. To spy out on your freedom. To spy out our liberty. Which we have in Christ Jesus. That they might what? Bring us into bondage. Oh God. Show me the next verse. To whom we gave place by subjection. No. No not for an hour. And if you read it in NIV, Paul is basically saying but we didn't even give them the time of day. We didn't even give them a moment. When they came in, we recognized them and we said, "No." Are you following what I'm saying? Be a aw- be mindful of false brothers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to catch what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Uh, listen, I-, I ain't even lost If they represent, hallelujah, that law that condemns and that law that brings into bondage, they are an Ishmael. They're not a real brother. That brother has to go. Are you blessed in here, church? Ooh, God have mercy in here. Hallelujah. Mm. Show me Colossians 2 and verse 14. Colossians 2. And verse number 14, and I'm going to land this plane. Colossians 2 and 14. Now, I told you that Satan is so cunning that he'll even use religion to reinforce sin and to keep sin strong in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This scripture right here is very powerful. Watch this. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Anybody know what that is? Let me help you. That's the law. That's the Ten Commandments. Amen. Search it out. Blotting out the handwriting and ordinances that were what? They were against us. And let me just say this about the law. It's not that the law wasn't good. And it's not that the law wasn't holy. It was that you weren't good. And and so that's why it didn't work for you. That's why rather than setting you free, it condemned you. Because it was perfect and you were not. And so God used it to reveal sin. I would not know sin if it had not been for the law, Moses said. And I lived for a little while free from it until the law came. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So then God uses the law to convict a person of sin because any good evangelist will tell you you got to get them lost before you can get them found. (laughs) Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, And took it what? Took it out of the way. How? Nailing it to the cross. Woo! Are you hearing what I'm saying? Took it out of the way. Nailing it to the cross. Now watch the next verse. And having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. Watch out with the spirit of religion. Satan will use it against you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To convince you that what Christ did was not enough and that you have to add to it. The devil is a liar. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because to determine, hallelujah, that what Christ did is not enough is for you to come up to that mercy seat That mercy seat, that lid on the Ark of the Covenant where the blood was sprinkled is for you to say it's not enough. Take the lid and move it out of the way and then look into that Ark of the Covenant again. And just in case you don't know, every time someone looked into that Ark of the Covenant, they died. And the reason they died was because the law was in there. And if you say what Christ did was not enough and you move it out of the way and you look into that Ark of the Covenant, you reactivate the thing that you got free from. This is why in Galatians 5, he said, listen, you have fallen from grace. Are you blessed in here, church? Ooh, God have mercy. Remember that fulfilling the law of Christ is people-oriented, not task-oriented. Amen, somebody? Hallelujah, Jesus. I think that one of the reasons we're not seeing miracles today it's because of mixture. Study it out for yourself. Hallelujah. It's because of mixture. Can I show you another verse? Galatians 3.5. Galatians 3.5. Yeah, that's it. Galatians 3.5. Watch this. As a matter of fact, Galatians 1. Might as well do 1 through 5. Just Galatians 1. I got to show them this. 3 and 1. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. And then we'll just work our way down. All foolish Galatians who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you next verse this only would I learn of you receive ye the spirit listen he's asking them the question did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith You ain't seen none of those Pharisees full of the Holy Ghost. Because that's not how you get the Holy Ghost. Uh, Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? You done got converted. Hallelujah. You started really good. Now you're trying to add stuff to what Jesus already did. Now you're operating in the flesh. Show me the next verse. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain. Now verse 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the spirit. And worketh what? Miracles among you. Doeth he it by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? Do you see? Well, God help me in here. The miracles do not happen through the works of the law. They happen through the hearing of faith. So if you try to mix both. Mixture. Hinders manifestation. Are you in this place, Church? Galatians 6 and 2. I won't go to it for the sake of time, but in Galatians 6 and 2, 6 and 2, or verse 1 and 2, the Bible clearly says, watch this. Bear each other's burdens, for in so doing. You have fulfilled, watch this now, the law of Christ. It's not that you are lawless, it's that the law of Moses has been transformed to the law of Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And Christ has some things that he wants you to do. Are you in this place, church? My God, have mercy in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. So, you have to be careful which one you're going to operate under. Because one works in contrast to the other. This is why they can't be together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When that adulterous woman comes to Jesus, what did they do? They came to Jesus and they said, Moses said, Moses said, whose eyes are they they fixed on? They said, Moses said. Same thing that happens with some of us, hallelujah. We believe what our pastor told us 20 years ago even though it was wrong. He said, yeah, but what does the Bible say? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Moses said that this woman was caught in the act of adultery, she should be stoned. And according to the law, she should be stoned. But grace said, let he who is without sin, cast the first stone. And so here's what you have to catch. They come to Jesus, hallelujah, and, and look at what Jesus chooses. He doesn't choose condemnation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He freed her through mercy and grace. He tells her, where are your accusers now? I have none. Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. If all I did was accuse you, I would reinforce the power of sin in your life and you would not be able to get free. So what I'm going to do first is remove the condemnation. Love on you and empower you to get free. It is the goodness of God that brings man to repentance. Not the judgment of God. The Bible says that mercy triumphs over judgment. This is why David could go into the tabernacle, eat from the bread of the shoe bread that was considered unlawful, and not die. Not die. Why? Because they were starving. And if they don't eat, they die. And so, watch this when he ate and gave to his men to eat, mercy triumphed over judgment. Are you in this place, church? Are you blessed? Hallelujah. So let me close by just saying this. The old covenant enslaves. The new covenant makes a man free. The old covenant leaves man imperfect while the new covenant perfects man. The old covenant exposes sin while the new covenant, come on church, covers sin. The old covenant cannot give life while the new covenant gives life. The old covenant was abolished while the new covenant is in force. The Old Covenant brings a curse, while the New Covenant redeems from the curse. In the Old Covenant living is by works, while in the New Covenant living is by faith. The Old Covenant is a shadow, while the New Covenant is the reality of that shadow. The Old Covenant is a covered glory, while the New Covenant is a glory uncovered. The veil is removed. The Old Covenant remembers sin while the New Covenant does not remember sin hallelujah the old covenant is a ministry of death while the new covenant is a ministry of life the old covenant was written with ink while the new covenant was written with the blood of Jesus hallelujah and the spirit of God inside a man to bring forth change from the inside out hallelujah can somebody praise God in here come on somebody give God a real good praise in this place today hallelujah hallelujah oh God Hallelujah, Jesus. Were you blessed, church, by that? Cast it out. The bondwoman and her son, they got to go. We can't live in the same house. Preach grace. Listen to what I'm telling you, church. Preach the grace of God. Grace is more powerful than any sin. Do not forget, hallelujah, that sin gets its strength from the law. And so if you preach law, you just reinforce the power of sin over a person's life. And at best, you'll get them to externally try to stay away from it, but they won't be free. Because real freedom comes from the inside real change comes from the inside religion does not have the power to do that only the Lord Jesus Christ